Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new and very exciting episode of Lighthearted. I don't know why. I almost just forgot the name of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's how nervous and excited I am for this episode. And my name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. And today we have on, I like how Anna described her, my person, Debbie Jordan, who has been supporting me. I typically describe it as therapy because most people don't really get all of the various pieces that go into it. But I think we've been working together for almost four years now. I believe that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and what the sessions that we do together look like? Okay. Well, each session is unique, but essentially I help people reconnect with their authentic selves so they can truly enjoy living their life free from the limitations and obstacles that have caused interference. So that's kind of a nice summation it <laughs> is. of the purpose of what we, we tend to strive toward. But you're right. There's so much more that goes into it. And it's it's a little bit of talk therapy, but it's more finding where people have limitations. A lot of times we call them limiting beliefs. In other words, programming that has been encoded in them from back when they're a child. Most people are aware now, I don't know if your listeners are, but when a child is born up until around age six or seven, they are in a theta state brainwave. And so they're essentially just a sponge. They're taking in everything that is teaching them how to function in this world. And so that is everything they hear from their parents, from TV, from religions, from teachers. And so basically it's like it's a computer that all this information is being downloaded. The programs are being downloaded and then they just start running automatically where we don't even think about it. And a lot of those programs aren't necessarily benefiting people. I'm sure everybody has experienced some of that with things that get in our way from what we feel like we truly are, want to do, or our purpose here. So with a combination of neuro-linguistic programming, which is where we help reprogram, find the programs that aren't working and replace them with the ones that are. But part of what sort of is unique for me and that I bring to my clients is I'm also highly intuitive, high sensitivity, and I'm also an energy worker, practitioner, Reiki master on several levels. And so we can bring more to the table with it. And I actually can sometimes see like the neural processing with people when they're talking. So if I ask them a question, I can see where there's that, like it bumps up against something. And so it makes it a little easier to kind of help pinpoint that, help the person realize what it is. Because the work I do, it's not a do-to process, it's a do-with. So we actually work with the person which I strongly believe empowers them. And that's all about that. I am not the type of practitioner that wants you to be dependent on me for intuitive or energy or any other thing that I offer. I actually help get people to a stronger, stable state and then start bringing out in them how they can support themselves, whether it's energy work, all, all sorts of wonderful things. 
So that was a very long explanation. <laughs> very thorough, though. I think that definitely captures exactly what we do. <laughs> and Bracey, you've realized every session is kind of unique, right? Oh, yeah. Totally different. Yeah. I mean, sometimes all we're doing, I feel like, is the energy work stuff. And then sometimes that's like definitely on the back burner. It definitely it depends on what's happening in my life, too, which is, I mean, that's right. exactly that's right. what I need. And what a lot of people don't realize, because they think, well, we're just chatting. We're just talking. It's like, well, you may be talking, but what I'm doing is I'm actually holding a secure energetic space, like a bubble around us, the person, and raising their vibration. So a lot of times they'll come in and they're they're really kind of in this earthly density of, of you know, traffic and work and, and then they slowly start shifting and changing because I'm allowing that energy to kind of raise so that it gently raises their vibration so that they can start seeing things from a different perspective. So essentially it, it heightens their natural abilities when they're in that presence and that energy. And so on, on top of it, this is another kind of crazy level and people that don't understand it, this may all seem very crazy because I'm a channel I also communicate with the person that I'm working with, with their higher self, their angels, their guides, and along with mine. So I'm usually having multiple conversations in my head, both with the person I'm speaking with, with their guides, my guides, making sure that everything is sort of working together. Their guides usually will have me ask specific questions to help unlock in the mind, those blockages, the neural pathways. And that is so fascinating. I love to see that because, you know, guided to ask a question, it's like, well, I know what the answer will be. But the person that, that needs to discover it for themselves, they don't know it. And so it's, it's really fascinating to help them discover for themselves a new way of processing and what has been holding them back. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. How and when did you discover that you had this gift? I have, I've, gosh, yeah. I'm like, I'm really restraining myself right now because <laughs> I have like five questions from everything that you've just said, but I don't want to get lost in my nitty gritty questions until we've, you know, gone through it a little bit. More. That makes sense. Perfect sense. Well, I have always been, as long as I can remember, sensitive, always kind of had connections. And what I have come to learn was channeling higher frequency beings like angels, helpers, guides. And it was just sort of so natural for me. I didn't know everyone else didn't do it. <laughs> and also, as you start finding out that, well, maybe people don't do that you just sort of keep it in or you know keep it a little more quiet even though sure. I was always the one if someone couldn't find their car keys or this or that when I was a child oh ask Debbie she'll know <laughs> and I didn't know it was a non-process I would all of a sudden just see the keys where they are or where they were last put and you know so I didn't know that that was unusual mm -hmm. my family was not open to those types of things. So I did not get any guidance with it. So as I 
learn to appreciate it more, I guess, and really start working with it in more of an intentional way instead of it was just always there. But if someone asked me a question, I would kind of ask the question up to through my crown chakra up to guides or helpers, and I would get an answer back. And it wouldn't be an answer that I would know, you know, from my limited life here on this planet, especially as a, as a child. And that was just second nature for me, but it comes in very handy and it works well. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> especially if you've lost your keys. That's right. <laughs> and you're never alone. So that's, that's always yeah. the nice thing. <laughs> Can you explain how it works? How do you get to that place? And have you ever been in a session and been stuck? Great questions. I certainly have had the fear of being in a session and getting stuck because mm-hmm. everybody kind of does that. It's like, what if I, you know, I'm sitting there in front of someone and I, I get nothing, <laughs> you yeah. know? Thankfully, that doesn't tend to happen. And I've learned to kind of just put sort of my conscious mind sort of to the side and allow the information to come through, kind of go back to, okay. If you're having trouble with it, let's just start, let's read the energy and start there. And then what I'm describing of sensing with the energy usually starts opening things up. So unless someone is so intentionally blocked off mm-hmm. that they are, you know, like they're, they're barricaded where they don't want their energy seen, I would bring that up, but not push through, you know, see, see where their concerns are. So I have had some people that have been a little bit more resistant about opening up, but that's because they tend mm-hmm. to have control issues, you know, for themselves. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, do you find that the people that their energy is closed off, do they even know they're doing it? Or in some cases, could it be like an intentional choice? It can be both. Cause some people may come in that they're like, a little afraid. Oh my gosh, what's she going to see? What's she going to know? You know, and sense, yeah, they think you're going to prod into everything. And I respect people's privacy. And, but most of the people that come to me, they're, they're kind of open to it. Otherwise they wouldn't, wouldn't come in. Sure. Because they're, they want to know, see, feel, experience and receive the help. So as I've progressed in my learning and my career, that's, that's become less of an obstacle than it was maybe earlier on. Mm -hmm. But to the other part of your question, a lot of people may not even realize that they're doing it because it's um, one of those programs that we were talking about that's a protective mechanism to keep them safe, uh, keep, Mm -hmm. keep anything out or from anyone really seeing into who they are. And so they absolutely could have no idea that they're consciously doing it where other people, it's like when you meet someone new, you may be a little reserved, a little on guard until you open up and feel comfortable with them. So that's kind of the differences there, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us about how you started your career and working with this stuff? (laughs) Sure. So before I started doing this full time, I had a salon, Mind, Body, and Spirit Salon. It was actually the first salon in the triangle to have non-toxic color. And I had it for almost 20 years. And part of what 
And then this is where I got a lot of experience too, because when you're working that close with someone and my intention was that when they were there, when they were in my chair, it was their special time in a private place. So I always had a private room where they were the only one in, not the salons where there's you know, bukus of people and you know blow dryers going and all that. So they actually had their own very, what we would say now, kind of Zen space to sit, process their color, communicate with me. And that's also where the intuitive aspect came in very handy because when people are trying to describe what they want with their hair, I would receive different messages and or know when to ask for clarity with them to make sure that the words were matching what they really wanted. Not to mention if they were like going through some life crisis, a lot of people only go through divorce or, you know, any type of transition, they want to like cut all their hair off or, or make some big change, color change. And so it, it kind of helped to have a little inside of being able to communicate with the client. It was hard if they tried to have me do mediumistic work during it. That was, yeah, that's why I tried to keep that turned off during then because then you're open for the rest of the day for all your appointments lined up with deceased loved ones wanting to communicate and not everyone's open to it. <laughs> so oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I have, you know, a good 20 years intense experience of like being a therapist and a hair artist at the same time. And I was also, I had gone through my own kind of personal crisis, you know, when we have something that really kind of shatters our world and, and everything crumbles apart. And I was recommended by a, a friend that I should go see someone called a Reiki master. And I was like, well, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and so I actually started it for my own healing process, which everyone should do. It should be about healing themselves first. And one of the, the interesting things is I was describing to the practitioner that I kept feeling like my, I kept feeling like I was falling sort of to the side and backwards and, you know, kind of doing my head up, my hand up over my, my head and backwards. And I wasn't sure what that was. And he all of a sudden goes, wait a minute. And he ran down the hall, <laughs> came back with the book and started flipping through it. And I'm thinking, what's he doing? <laughs> and he showed me this photo and he said, is this what it feels like? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was drawn out. The actual, what happens to the energetic body, the fields of the body when someone has been like attacked. So if, like, if you can envision someone yelling or putting their energy toward another person that other person may send their energy back to kind of protect themselves, to get out of the way. And that was the first time I kind of put together that all of these things I sense and feel, it's real. It's actually energy. And there are people that have seen it enough to, to draw it out and to teach it. That was from a Barbara Brennan book. And that was the first kind of, oh my gosh, I'm not completely crazy. 
that there are other people that sense these things as intensely as I do. Uh, yeah. So that that was a beautiful aspect of it and started me on my healing journey for myself, which I always felt would fold into uh, where I might be able to be of service to others when it was appropriate timing. So, and my training with that was just the master program alone was over a year, very different than what they tend to do now, where it's, you know, like a weekend and you get, get everything. So I had, had gone through that, developed my kind of dictionary and understanding of what energy is, what it feels like, and, and taking it to a more conscious level instead of just being overwhelmed by everything I was sensing and feeling, which allows you then to be able to work easier with other people because you, you have that honed a little bit. And so from there, I went on, I did a year program to become a vibrational healing practitioner and working with the hypnotherapy and later did the NLP training for neuro-linguistic programming training. So everything is kind of folded in very nicely. And the universe has a way of kicking us off the cliff when they say it's time. <laughs> so I had my hair salon, was wanting to downsize the hair part and do more with the energy work. But I was so busy <laughs> with my hair clients, which was a good problem to have. Uh, I'm so grateful for all of them. They're so beautiful and wonderful. But from a series of events, I became so sensitive and allergic that I was starting to have like anaphylactic reactions to being around hair color, hair products, any type of chemical smells, mold, any of that. And it got so bad that uh, it was actually day before Christmas Eve that I had to tell my last client I couldn't do it. I was afraid that I would not survive it because it was that bad. And I had to cut my business off. You know, I had originally been like, well, maybe over the next three years, I can do less hair, more of the other and try and nicely transition. And it was like, no, I had no option. So I lost 95% of my income all in one swoop. I was extremely sick. I couldn't go into the stores. I couldn't go anywhere. Any detergents, perfumes. It, it, was, it was a really challenging time. And, and it was still serious because my throat would completely close up. And there were many times that I thought even if they called 911, they would not make it in time. So I basically kind of got kicked off the cliff and said, well, yeah, you big get way. to do this full time. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's funny too because Anna right now is doing her certification to be a ther licensed therapist. And awesome. I have told her many times that because she's also very interested in skincare, I'm like, you should have a practice where you do skincare and therapy at the same time, which is kind of yeah. what it sounds like you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that same thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just double, double the prices. Yes. That, sure. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you're doing hair and doing this other like energy therapeutic work. Yes. I was like, wait, that's actually my dream. Low key, yeah. a little slightly <laughs> different, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. Funny. They go together beautifully. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're drawn to do that or 
to kind of have both of them. So you have two different levels you can work on. Sure. Um, Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you brought up a good point and something that I think you and I talk about a lot, but maybe people don't realize is that a lot of times energetic stuff is also very related to physical ailments. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Excellent question. We as human beings tend to hold emotions, trauma, you know, fear, anxiety, any, any of those kind of constrictive states in our energy fields. And so our energy fields are the kind of striation layers that go out from our physical body out through our spiritual body. And there's different, different levels for them. But that's actually where a lot of what we call disease starts. Because if you can envision like this clear, beautiful field and sort of a, a big, dirty dust ball that's collected in one area and it kind of keeps collecting over the years, over the years. So it's getting bigger and bigger. And because we are energetic beings, which science is understanding more now too. So finally they're getting on on board what all civilizations knew thousands of years ago. So it's starting to come together. But so if you have a blockage in the way that the energy should flow, it can start causing problems with organs in the body, you know, headaches, lymphatic system, breathing, female reproductive areas is a big one because that's also kind of the seat of our emotions in there in the second chakra. So when you have anything that causes a blockage of smooth energy flowing, which is the same thing with like acupuncture, that's why they're trying to remove the stagnant chi, the stagnant energy from the meridians. And so energy work is another technique of not just working with the meridians of the body, but all the different layers. And so you're right, Bracey, it absolutely can, the more it's collected, the more it can start manifesting in the body and or being collected energetically in the body, which is quite fascinating with some of the techniques that I think we've used where you kind of start describing what you're feeling. Like, you know, I feel a heaviness in my chest and okay, well, what's the shape of it? What's the color? And we start actually helping you realize that, oh, wow, there kind of is this like form in there. What's it doing in there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. My favorite thing about that is that now I can do that myself. It's like you've, you've taught me that I can like think about, okay, I'm having this thing happen. What does it feel like? What is, if I were to describe a shape, like what would it be? What color is it? Thick? Is it heavy? You know, all those things. And also my favorite Debbie question, whenever I'm like, feeling a little annoyed about whatever work we're doing. And I'm like, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. She's, she's like, if you were to know, (laughs) what would the answer be? (laughs) I feel like you're just bypassing my annoyance and like actually getting Mm -hmm. to the answer, which is is great because it usually works. (laughs) Because that's a way of actually triggering the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Because our conscious mind gets in the Mm -hmm. way with, I don't know. And it's like, okay, well, let's bypass that. And let's go to the unconscious mind. Because it does know. It keeps a record of everything. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's awesome. That's that's a perfect example of how I like to empower the people that I work with so that they can 
take these tools, these exercises and use them themselves. And if they have issues that, you know, maybe they can't quite unravel themselves, then they can come and we can do some work together. But it's about helping people become independent and connected to themselves, if that makes sense. And actually another modality that you use that I have also taken and adapted a little bit for myself, but can you talk to us about timeline therapy? Oh, yes. Timeline therapy is awesome. That is um, part of under the neuro-linguistic programming umbrella and timeline therapy. I'm actually certified in that as well. And we all have, and it goes to what we were just saying too, about the unconscious mind, that it keeps a record of everything that's happened. So from like conception on, it's just sort of recording all of the information because the unconscious mind can record 11 million bits of information per second. And the conscious mind can only process 126 bits per second. So that's a huge difference. 11 million to 126 bits. So if you think about that computer-wise, how much more processing power, how much it's capturing of everything. And our mind, our conscious mind can't be bothered by all that. It has to just be able to focus on what we need to, to survive and get through our task in front of us. So that that's why we want to sometimes bypass that conscious mind because it's very limited in what it's aware of. But the unconscious mind has a record of it. And so we use the timeline therapy to actually help people go in, um, discover their own timeline, and we take them to certain points on it to help them find where the root cause of the issue is. And a lot of times it can be even in utero, it can be a time of birth, it can be before they have any conscious awareness. But it's so fascinating that, as I said before, they're sponges. So they're just soaking in everything that's going on. So the the mother's emotions, the father's emotions, everything that's happening, even when they're in utero. So by using the timeline, we can actually go to what we call the root cause and help see a different perspective, retain the learnings. And it actually is part of what helps us delete the faulty program that is running amok in there. And then we're able to put a new program in and bring that back through to the current time. And we also do it working with the major negative emotions. That's one of the big things we do with the timeline therapy. And that's where everybody needs to start because as I say, you cannot be alive on this planet without having the five major negative emotions, which is anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. Everyone has experienced some level of it, even from a societal level, as well as individual levels. And when we're running in those emotional states, we're just reacting to things. And our, our body, our nervous system just triggers. And like you've seen someone that all of a sudden so quick to anger, you know, one little thing, they just get mad and it's like, they, they just can't even think and function anymore. And that means that those emotions are running them instead of the, the person 
being able to control their emotional state. So that's one of the biggest um, initial things I do with working with people that truly want healing and therapy and freedom is helping them be free of those major negative emotions. And what's so fascinating with, and we do that with the timeline too, like we were just saying, is what it does, it doesn't keep you from having emotions. You want, you know, warranted and appropriate emotions, but you have control over the state. So I remember one of the times after I'd gone through my training and of course gone through all of these processes and something came up that I knew could have been a really bad a trigger for me, bringing a whole cascade of emotions that it kind of went back to a trauma state from my life. And what I recognized is all of a sudden there was like this space between what happened and what reaction I was going to have. And I remember it's like, you're kind of just sort of sitting there in the voice, like, wow, that could really make me angry or upset or shut me down, like overwhelm. And I was like, well, I could react that way. I'm, you know, fully capable of doing it, but is that going to serve me? Is that going to help with the situation that I'm in? And it gives you just enough space to say, oh, okay, well, I recognize that that's a serious thing and I'm going to manage it differently. So it gives you control back. I I say you're the one driving the bus (laughs) again. Yeah. I was, Mm -hmm. we did this. This was the way that Debbie and I started our sessions. It was the first few sessions we did. And I think might not have been immediately after that, but pretty quickly after we started working together, I realized that I used to be very quick to cry. Anything would make me cry. And I'm not like that anymore. Um, (laughs) It was like my cup, my emotional cup was like 99% full and one thing would happen and I would overflow. And that's just not how it is Mm -hmm. anymore, which is so cool. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Yes. So exciting. It does because it it takes away that emotional charge. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, your cup is just like already at the brim. So one more drop is just going to kind of overflow. And when you take away the emotional charge, you have much more capacity to be able to manage emotions as they come up and in a more appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Would you say that that's typical of how you start with like a new client? Well, it, it varies. I take everyone for where they are at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you most people, we need to start by energetically rebalancing them because they're just so thrown off, you know, that that just functioning in this world does it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times I kind of get the information, see what they're presenting with, because they may present with one thing and they think this is what I need you know, you know, to have fixed in my life. It's like, yeah, well, that that's actually because of this other deeper limiting belief or sure. emotion. So we kind of got to start there. But before then, kind of balancing their bodies, allowing them, and especially for emotional, sensitive, empathic people, I found that they have never even experienced what it's like just to be in their own energy field because they are so enmeshed with um, their mother, their siblings, with coworkers, everyone. It's like they have no clear boundary of where their energy 
stops and someone else's begins. It just kind of bleeds through, which makes you feeling, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred times more energy than you need to. And so yeah. that's actually one of the biggest first starting gifts is to allow them to have that quiet in their mind and their energy fields of, wow, is this what it feels like to not be bombarded continually? Mm -hmm. And so for most people, that's sort of a starting point because they, they need to okay. just have that kind of recalibration, that reset, sure. that clearing, because then they can see more clearly what they want and what they want to work toward. You know, how can I have this as a daily part of my life instead of just when I come in to someone for a session? And that's part of why I like to, to teach people, you know, what, what to do so that they can help maintain that longer. Because uh, otherwise, if you just go to someone, it it's great and it will slowly dissipate with the more interactions we have, you know, with work and family and all that. And then it's like they go back to zero again and they come in and you have to start all over. Whereas if someone's coming more regularly, then I can actually progress them farther and farther, much faster. Mm -hmm. until they're strong enough to learn how to hold and maintain on their own. And then, you know, you can do like once a month or whatever you need. But a lot of times you kind of have to really reset everything to help people effectively move forward in a fast, secure way, stable way. Mm -hmm. Okay. A little while back, you mentioned that you know, if someone was in your chair and they were, you know, you're kind of getting into therapy mode, media mode or whatever, you're like, oh, then I'm open the rest of the day. Is that how it typically works for you? Like when you see your first client, then for the rest of the day, are you open? How do you turn it off? Well, can you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> so now I have much more control mm -hmm. and intention over it than I used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, but essentially for me, it's always on to a certain level. So I'm kind of always picking up some stuff. But as I said, I have a very high integrity level of not invading anyone's space mm -hmm. unless they are you know, coming and wanting me to do that. Or if it's something to make sure that I'm safe. You know, if there's someone, can I trust, sure. you know, this strange person walking up to me, is there anything I need to know? Like, do any alarm bells go off? But yeah. So there, there's always a certain level for me personally that, and probably especially because a child on, I've just sort of had these abilities. And so it's a, it's a little bit different with, you were asking the part about the mediumistic being a medium when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little separate than just having the intuition. That's actually where you kind of have to put yourself in an energetic state to communicate more intentionally with spirits that may be trying to give a message to someone. Mm -hmm. And I, like since you're asking about this, uh, I had a client, well, I still do, she's still a client of mine, but um, so th this was, I don't know, 15 years ago or more, she was in my hair chair and I was uh, putting highlights and color on her hair. So with highlights, you're using bleach. You have to be careful. The timing has to be good, you know, all of that. 
And mm-hmm. she really kept pushing me that she was kind of upset. I think a sister-in-law had passed away and she wanted me to communicate. And I'm like, oh, I don't really like doing that when I'm here. But I was like, okay. And so I was, I was doing it. I gave her the message of what was happening. And then all of a sudden, while I'm putting the bleach on the hair, I started feeling like I was inhaling smoke, like there was fire, breathing in fire in my throat, my lungs, my eyes started watering. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And there I am trying to (laughs) still do the color. (laughs) Well, these physical reactions were happening. And so I was trying to connect in and I asked her, I said, did you know anybody that passed in a fire? And she's like, oh my gosh, I did. When I was like 16, one of my really good sort of friends, boyfriend type thing, he wanted to be a boyfriend, whatever, more than she did. But, um, and so she started talking about, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is him showing himself and it, it helps subside some of the reactions, but it, that's kind of the hard part when, when, Sometimes you're feeling how people died, what happened, and that can be really tough on the body. And especially if you're trying to do something sort of high task sensitive. (laughs) So, and so that's what I was saying. When I opened that doorway to communicating with spirits on the other side, then they're like, oh, it's like a a neon light saying, hey, she's open for business. So (laughs) any of my other clients for the rest of the day, there's a line of of spirits waiting to communicate with them. And so that's really hard if I'm working on someone and they're not necessarily open to those things because I wasn't, you know, advertising that I was doing that because I wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And these spirits are like talking to me and like, hey, 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 it's like, shut up, mm. please just step back. <laughs> I'm trying to work here. <laughs> that sounds like it could be so overstimulating <laughs> if you don't know how to turn it off or block or whatever is the right, right word. That's but. right. And so even though I walk around somewhat open, I don't put myself in the higher levels of it out in this sort of physical world on mm-hmm. just average things because it's way too much information because you're not just talking about what's on this earthly plane. You're talking about other levels of density, you know, um, celestial beings, uh, non-beneficial beings. You have all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. as well as, you know, spirits that have crossed over and um, it's just way too much. So that's why depending on what type of work I'm doing with a client, if they're wanting more of an intuitive session or a therapy session, I sort of open myself appropriately uh, so that it's not taking in too much information. And because you know, some people may be like, I, I don't want to hear from any, you know, ancestors and I just don't want to hear it. And so that's fine. Completely respect that. And the ancestors will have to too, because it's like, I'm sorry, I can't open that door for you. Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Healthy boundaries. So there's different levels of how I open myself to communicate to other things outside of my guides. I'm always connected and kind of channeling on a level for my higher self the divine, the 
you know, the beneficial beings that are, are here to help us. And sometimes they'll sort of, um, other ones will push through messages to communicate, but generally they're going to respect the boundaries. And it, it does, mm-hmm. you were asking about sleeping in the home. That, that can be a challenge if you, the, the house that we moved into almost 20 years ago now, apparently was on natural vortex um, portals, like for spirits and beings to come through. Yeah. Of course you would move there. Right in the bedroom. Is that to say? <laughs> yes. So, and I actually, at that time, because that was before I understood as much and the person that I went to, she's the one that said, you have these vortexes in there. Well, that's what it feels like. Cause it feels like Grand Central Station, like all these <laughs> spirits are just coming and going. And because it was just mm-hmm. a natural, we kind of found out since I think this was Indian land at one point too. And so there's sort of some natural and mines where they did mining. So there's some natural pa- open passageways. And so I had to, when I checked in to see, can I like, you know, shut this down so that they're not walking through my bedroom at night while I'm trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. I got, because it was a natural formation, it's not really supposed to be completely closed. So I kind of put a, like, you know, out of order, please use another, (laughs) another opening, (laughs) another door uh, to, to help with that. Um, But every so often something still come through. Makes life interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have crazy dreams? Yes. Yes, I can. Or vi- really and vivid dreams? Also, um, I'm usually working a lot at night. Mm-hmm. So you, if you want to hear more craziness, I, you're not getting enough craziness already. So <laughs> uh, at one time, again, this was many years ago, I started having during the sleep time, I was meeting these souls that had died and they didn't know that they had died yet. And when I was with them, you know, in front of it, it was like I knew everything about their life, the emotions, the feelings, so that I could help them transition. And I was like, what's going on? Because I'm, this is like, really exhausting. I'm doing it like every night. And so when I was asking my people, they said that I was actually filling in for someone that was sick and like going through surgery and needed recovery time and something that kind of did this naturally. And that it was a great opportunity for me to do. And so I was, you know, filling in for a short period of time. I was like, well, I, I hope so. Because, and it, it, it wasn't too short of a time. It was long enough. But it was absolutely fascinating at like soul after soul that you would just see like, you know, one was like a high school kid in a a football jersey and the shoulder pads and everything. And and it's like all these people that were kind of collecting and coming that I would have to help them realize that they were no longer in the physical world and we can connect you to your people on the other side that are waiting for mm-hmm. you that love you that it's a you know a safe place to be but the fact that it's like i in an instant had access and could feel and experience their complete life um visually emotions all of that but with 
without me having the emotional connection. It was more so I had all the information to be able to treat them with the respect and connection and help them find their way. And that, that was, that was a very fascinating time. Exhausting. It was so exhausting, <laughs> but it was fascinating. <laughs> That's cool though. <laughs> Do you have a certain specialty or a favorite of all of your different types of work that you do? Well, I feel like, well, one energy is energy work is just so natural to mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, I see it, I feel it, I understand it. It's it's very fascinating to work with, especially if you're kind of working on a quantum level. However, I am really starting to appreciate the channeling aspect because it's moving into kind of a new zone that I didn't know if I would ever go into. And truly recognizing that that this is a gift that you have to be so connected and open and continually communicating without having to put yourself in a meditative state without it's like I can switch between the beta and alpha brain waves and and easily go into the the deeper levels to communicate through like all dimensions of time and space it's kind of crazy it's it's fascinating it's a wonderful journey Mm -hmm. but to find that and I believe that's opening more to many people all over the planet at this time that sort of we're heightening our abilities and we're able to get clearer communications and transmissions channels of from specific beings and and assisting us at this time on the planet and so i really i think that's been a bit of a specialty that i just took for granted the sort of channeling part. I just thought "Eh, Mm -hmm. intuitive, you know, I have these helpers. They're always, you know, helping and I can talk to the other people's helpers, but I'm really starting to kind of step back and say, wow, I guess, guess not everybody does that. (laughs) It's so cool. It sounds like you've had that epiphany many times. (laughs) (laughs) We're always learning. We're always expanding. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you've mentioned a couple of times how tiring this is. And I feel that I think I have experienced that just from our sessions. Sometimes I'm exhausted when we finish. But can you talk to us about how you take care of yourself? Yes. And and part of uh, let me just do a little note there. When you say after the session, sometimes you feel that that can happen when we're changing the program because the um, neural pathways actually are shifting and moving so that they the brain activity is rewiring and that mm. can make us feel a little tired or kind of a little bit more quiet in the head and it, it feels a little dazed mm-hmm. so so that can be a positive sign that it that that's working yeah uh, to add that there so for myself and the guidance that i've received over the decades they have kind of taught and trained me certain energetic processes that that they say are you know should be done daily like is more important than someone taking a shower for their physical body is just you know it's 
like an energetic hygiene. And they have, for each time I've kind of listened to what they've suggested and implemented it, then they're like, okay, good. Now we can add. And so they've, they've added on over the years so that I have this really not only personal for me energetic process that, that I do to stay balanced and before I go out into the world, but it's shown me energetic techniques that I actually use on just about all my clients. I can do it quickly if I want, or I can extend it out depending on the degree of what's needed. So it can be like an emergency helper too. And it really is so important for us to be aware of our energetic state of being, um, because that's part of what protects us. It helps us have the right chemistry produced in the brain. It, on so many levels, it, it just can set our day off to be better, more in the flow. Everyone's kind of experienced that when you're in the, the flow or the zone, as opposed to a day when just everything, you know, you drop everything, you, uh, it's just a challenge no matter what it is. And so it really makes a difference between those two things. And so I essentially don't go out into the public, especially without making sure that I've had that done. And that's also the found that, that I do it. And it's also the foundation um, for me preparing myself for any work on anyone that I'm doing. Uh, as I said, you know, I sort of will do a foundational part and then I'll open to the different levels that are appropriate. So, and it's also, I think they're kind of wanting me to go ahead and start teaching this technique for people to use on themselves as well as incorporate into their own healing programs, uh, you know, with their practitioners, because it, it is so powerful and foundational and it's working with multiple um, energy frequencies. So it kind of has you covered all the way around. <laughs> nice. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Do you have your own energy person or people that you work with to for yourself? Or are you able to do a lot of these things for yourself? Well, a lot of stuff I can run, I'll get sort of help with, but everyone sometimes needs outside help. I have mm -hmm. a few colleagues that can do certain their own energy practices, you know, to help like mm -hmm. tuning forks or, you know, Reiki or different things. And kind of the fascinating thing is because like my healing guides will assist with that. So when they're working on me, mm -hmm. they're like, I've never had these kind of visions and I'm seeing, you know, all these like shamans around you with drums and I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're That's my crew. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it is because it, it, when you uh, talk in Reiki terms, if someone is like a level one or two Reiki and they're working on Reiki master or working on a client and then there's another Reiki master there, they actually will kind of be bumped up and be working in that energy. And it's a whole different mm -hmm. feel because it's like, wow, this is more intense than I'm used to. And it's because you're you're in that space of the energy frequency that, that they're holding. And that's why I would mm -hmm. say like when I'm doing seeing clients, 
even if we're talking, you're being held gently in this beautiful, energetic pocket that is assisting you and, and working and doing all sorts of things, even, even if you have no idea it's doing it. Or sometimes I'll kind mm -hmm. of be doing energy with them while they're talking to help them get to the space where they want. So, so they'll think, well, you didn't do energy on me. So, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> it's just that I didn't put you on the table and do, <laughs> do that type of energy because we were working in yeah. a different way. We have talked about deprogramming a bit. Can you kind of explain the process? I would imagine maybe there are multiple different ways to go about it, but yeah, like what's the process of that? Do you have to have a new program identified that you're going to put in place or can you just be like, this isn't working. We need to get it out of your system. <laughs> well, even if it's not working, right? If you think about a computer and you have the, you know, the software, the programs that are running, and if you have one that say it's outdated and and is mm -hmm. kind of causing an interference with other programs because it can't communicate on the on the right level, you know, the right coding. So usually you would either take that program out and install a new one that can communicate and function as, as it's supposed to, uh, unless mm -hmm. it's a program that really isn't needed anymore. You don't use it. It doesn't interface with anything, so it doesn't matter. It can, can go away. But generally when you're talking about that, it, it, there is something that has caused a, a limiting belief or a limiting decision that is being the program that's interfering with it. So when you've had 20, 30 years of that program continually running on, on default, mm -hmm. it really can be beneficial to have something kind of take its place. Otherwise, it can leave people kind of like, well, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like they're, they're used to the neurons going through and the, uh, going through a process. And if, it, if there's nothing happening there, you, it may make you feel a little lost sometimes. Sure. Okay. So basically, sense. when we do this together, she, we talk about the limiting belief, which Debbie, in case you don't know, we have done a couple of episodes actually on limiting beliefs specifically. So like I identify mm -hmm. a limiting belief and then I rewrite that belief into something that I'd rather have running so that I have words for it. Um, yes. And it is, it is the client making all that decision because I make sure that the wording of the limiting belief is exactly what is the energetic trigger because they can feel it if it's said one way or another mm -hmm. way. So we make sure that we really have the energy of that. And then we work on the wording to make sure that they have what they want instilled. So it's not like me going and say, oh, you need to think this way. I, I do not do that. I help the, the client figure out what is most appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. And then is that something like you you have your sentence that that's what you want to be programmed back in? Is that something that you are doing continuously? Like when you find yourself up against that limiting belief, that old programming, you're like, okay, I need to put this one in place enough times until no, that's, see, that's, that's what it runs the, on? That's part of the beauty okay. of it because you actually completely remove that old program so it's no longer running. Got it. And it's okay. just running the new program. 
Yeah. So there have been a couple of times very when helpful. I have struggled with something repeatedly and then we've worked on it and then I've never thought about it again. Yeah. And that actually can be That's awesome. the, the ungrateful part of doing this work because people will forget what they used to be like and how far they've come. Sure. They're like, oh, I never had that problem. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had an example of that with a, a client. It's funny. It's the same one that I did the highlights and the entity idiot of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So this is many years later when I was uh, doing some of the NLP with her and, and she had had NLP done like 20 something years ago about bees. She was deathly afraid of bees, um, would go into complete panic attacks, all of this. And she saw someone mm. that did, um, NLP and she said, that has never come back. I have, I, I, it used to just terrify me and now I'm completely fine. It has held for over 20 something years. So she was quite excited when she found out that I was Mm -hmm. um, doing some of the neuro-linguistic programming. And so we had been, uh, we had been going through, I think some of the major negative emotions and stuff. We were starting with all that. And she came into one of her sessions and she had a letter from her mother. And apparently it just pushed all of her buttons and so she was just like, I can't believe this. You know, she was just in, in one of those inflamed states about it. I mean, she loved her mother and, and it was just one of those things that it just, it got under her skin. Right. And mm-hmm. was showing all the energies, the emotions that she was holding with it. And so she, she was reading the letter and talking about all this stuff and just really emotional. And so I said, okay, would would you like to do some of the the therapy for it? And yes. And so we did. And, you know, we, we always test it because Bracey knows we tested it. Did it hold? Did it, you know, do you see it in your, your past, your future, all that. Um, and so we tested and everything seemed fine. And she was, the next time I saw her, even though I also still do her haircut, it was like three months because she had to do a surgery. Yeah. A lot of my hair clients wouldn't let me stop cutting their hair. I don't, can't shampoo, do any of that. But, uh, so I traveled to them, um, which is nice to have such loving clients. So it was like three months cause she had surgery and different things was out of town before I saw her again. And so when, when she came in, I was like, you know, how are things going? How's the stuff with your mom? And she's Oh, wonderful. It's great. We're getting along so well. It's so beautiful. And she was just like emoting all of this, you know, happy, joyful stuff. And I was kind of looking at her. I was like, like, do you, do you remember, you know, how you felt a few months ago that she's like, no, she's like, why? What? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) you don't remember that letter and how upset you were. And just, I mean, she was in a Mm -hmm. fit and she kind of stopped and was looking and thinking, she's like, Oh, she said I was, wasn't I? Like, no, <laughs> I don't even think about any of that anymore. I was like, wow. So it 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 kind of shows the power of it that all of a sudden people yeah. are just it doesn't register. It's no longer functioning in their mind to think, oh, I I can't think this way. I have to think another way. It's like they just don't. It's just not there, and so it frees yeah. them up to behave differently. But it can make it hard because they'll think, you know, as a practitioner sometimes, because they'll be like, 
well, you know, we haven't done much. It's like, really? Do you know where you started from? (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting to remind them, you know, if if they've written things out, like what they want to do and accomplish, they're like, oh yeah, well, that's not a problem anymore. Yeah. And so that, that it's just like a vague, vague them. memory for them. <laughs> yeah. It's so wonderful to give people that gift of, of freedom for the, for themselves, mm-hmm. you know? So that's awesome. Okay. Well on our podcast, the whole theme of it is around growth. So what does that mean to you? Oh, beautiful question. I love that. And I love that you have a podcast about that. So to me, growth would be someone becoming free of the programming of society, of family, of cultures, of all the the different things. Not that, you know, keeping the good stuff, but the the negative Mm -hmm. things that really keep them from being their authentic self. So that Mm -hmm. they feel like they can be free to explore, to expand, to connect to, to what is truth for them and, and in, in this amazing universe and starting to understand that, that expanding into that there is so much more than what mm-hmm. we see here in the physical and allowing them to be safe, empowered, and comfortable in that. I think that is is beautiful growth. I love that. Yeah, that was that was very well said. Do you have any simple beginner energetic practice that you would recommend to anybody listening who's interested in this type of stuff? Yeah, so they can kind of play with it and maybe start experience and feel it for themselves. Yes. One of the sort of foundation pieces that you want to do is a lot of people hear about being grounded so that, that mm-hmm. you're, you know, you think about like a, a lightning rod, it has to be grounded or outlet grounded into the earth. So it discharges that energy and they has more stability and strength. And so when we, just like a, a tree, the, the roots grow down as far as the branches up above grow out. So it, it actually kind of mirrors it. So the deeper and more rooted we are into what we think of the the energy of mother earth or the stability, our foundation here, then that allows us then to expand higher to those wonderful energies of angels and celestial beings. And, and we're able to get closer to them to be that conduit, that channel. So what that is telling us is to make sure that our energy, you can think of it coming down from either the feet or uh, from the root chakra, going straight down into the earth energy and maybe feeling some of that energy, that that nurturing, you know, mother earth nurturing, protecting that, that true motherly energy, that pure energy coming up. And if you're aware of the chakras, the energy centers in the body, bringing that up through those chakras and then up through the crown of your head, going all the way up to as high as you want to do it, whatever is your your divine essence 
the one infinite creator, God, whatever, whatever it resonates with you, but look for that purest form of it, not, not the human influence form, but the pure essence and allow that energy to flow back down through you, through the crown chakra, through your chakras and down into the earth. And then that kind of, that stabilizes you. It keeps you from being able to get knocked off balance. So that is that is the starting point for anyone to start developing that. And, and one of the nice things is you can use that connection going down to the earth to allow any of these debris, those dust balls I was talking about, they can, you can just let them go down that tube of light down to the earth because the earth can transmute it and it can it kind of like plants take in the, you know, carbon dioxide and put out oxygen so we can, um, you know, breathe and the earth can handle any of your negative stagnant energies that's causing interference. And so it's a good way to kind of clear and purify your physical body and your energy body by allowing it to go down that, that channel and then allow these other energies to flow through you. And so that's that's a beautiful starting point. Would you say, Bracey, you do some of that? I do, yeah. I have also have a daily practice similar to that. So I think that's a great recommendation. Thank you. Yes. Anna, any of your personal questions, ones that you would like to leave on the podcast? <laughs> okay, I've, I've had, this has happened to me three times in the last probably two years, maybe a year and a half, twice in, was in acupuncture. And then once was at the end of a yoga class, actually just like a couple of weeks ago where I'm laying down. And then I have the sensation that my body is spinning around. Like I'm on one of those tilt a wheel or something. Yeah. Like at the, at like playgrounds when you would like spin everybody and you like lay down, like it's that feeling, but it's not in my head. I'm not getting dizzy and my head feels still but the rest of my body feels like it is spinning around. Like what's Is that it the about? rest of your body feeling like it's spinning around or do you feel like everything around you is moving and you're kind of I feel still. like it's just me. Okay. It's just me that feels like it's moving, but not but my But you head. don't feel dizzy. And I don't feel dizzy. I was very terrified the first time it <laughs> happened. I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that that actually can be part of the energies you being sort of aware of them flowing around because mm-hmm. when you're in the state of getting acupuncture or yeah, like you said with yoga, you're in sort of that relaxed state where energy is flowing and moving and it okay. may be trying to help you recalibrate because maybe you're okay. you're kind of holding your energy too firm instead of allowing the energy to flow through you. Um, so that can be kind of scary. Okay. And then it feels like it's all swirling around. Yeah. And and that can feel really weird that, you know, when all that <laughs> happens and it's good that it's not triggering like a full vertigo type of thing. Yeah. And some people also, uh, if they, they meditate or they're in some of that energetic state, they may have sort of tremors or mm. rocking movements or the head. And that happens to me. Does it? Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh, generally, well, there's sort of two parts with that. One, it can be for people that have had sort of trauma or had that stuck energy somewhere that is 
is blocking. And so the energy is trying to kind of like work its way through. And another can be a little bit of a sign of like a a shaman, Mm -hmm. but there's usually more going on with it, with that, but it, it can create sort of like an electrical storm in the body. And so you may be having that with probably your pineal gland with your head, where all of a sudden what you see and perceive as reality, it might be trying to show you a little bit more. And you're kind of like, well, Mm. I don't, I don't know if I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid. That's right. Yeah. And that will shut it off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That actually reminds me of a story because one of the questions you had had about you know a story and one came up about that where what fear can do and how it can impact mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Do you want to tell us? If you want to hear it, I do. <laughs> I, I want to hear everything you have to say. I I love this. I, I'm really enjoying myself because usually when Debbie and I talk, it's me doing a lot of talking, Debbie doing a lot of listening, and this is the I know. reverse, and I love it. I love it. I know. That is, a, that is such a fun reversal. So it's a perfect example. Uh, again, this was back still when I was doing hair and the energy work. And I had a client who actually still is a client. I, I have clients for a very long time. Um, <laughs> some friends, they, they sort of blur over time. And she was coming in for energy session, had her on the table. That's why I was doing more of like the formal Reiki, and, um, but still connecting in. I had already gone through my vibrational healing practitionership, all of that stuff, you know. And I had connected or, or been introduced to... It'll, it may sound weird, but you know, hey, that's my life. Um, <laughs> some off-planet healing beings that actually can do work to assist people. And so this client was in, she was on the table and I'd done energy work. And I asked her if she would like for me to help take her up there to, to meet these beings and see if they you know, are willing to do anything. And she was like, yes, you know, that would, that would be excellent. So I made sure we were all protected and actually, you know, like escorted her energetic body up and, and we went up and I introduced her to the, this wonderful being and asked if, you know, it was appropriate for them to help. And they said, yes. And they took her over to another part of this large room. And there was like this solid crystal table bed. I mean, amazing. And she lay down on it and there were several beings around her and down came this kind of like crystal lights or lights, uh, different colored lights coming through like crystals um, into the body and, and doing stuff. And I was just sort of watching like fascinated. And then all of a sudden I heard like, like someone was saying it to me instead of originating from my thought, like, wow, this is like sci-fi. And I was like, oh, yeah. And there's like, oh, my gosh, are they good? Can I trust them? Is it okay? And all of a sudden, snap, we got bounced back, both of us, like a rubber band, bouncing back, slammed into our bodies. I mean, it 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 was so shocking. And And physically, I was like thrown off. And my first thing is like, is she still breathing? Is she okay? What the heck happened? Yeah. And so I, I made sure she was okay. Kind of got her to an energy state, and I felt 
just that that whiplash of energy of coming back so hard, so fast down into this body. And so I made sure she was set up and I said, you know, still on the table. And I was like, lay here and relax for a little bit and I'll be back. And I had to step out and I was asking my people, you know, my, my people, <laughs> what the heck happened? I was like, what was that? And I kept hearing thought form, thought form. Is there thought form? I was like, Okay, so basically her fear, all of a sudden, Mm. because they're not going to go against anything and they don't want her to be in a fear state, it made us slam back down. And so I was like, okay, is everything all right? And I kind of had to balance myself again because I felt, you know, almost like you were saying like things spinning. It's like everything was wobbling um, because of, of being snapped back. And so I went in, I, I finished doing work on her on this plane. It's like, I'm not taking her back up right now. <laughs> and so then she came out and she was checking out with me. And she said, can I share with you what happened? I was like, absolutely. And she said, it was the weirdest thing. It's like, we were up there in this large room and there was on this, this table and there was these, these, beings around me. And then these lights came down from the ceiling. And I started thinking, gosh, this is like sci-fi. And then she's like, and then I wasn't sure if they were okay or not. Are they hurting me? Or are they helping me? And I was like, wow, what confirmation with that? Yeah. Cause it was like verbatim. And I was here cause we were connected kind of cause I brought her up there. And so I was still holding space around her. I was hearing her thoughts of that and, and it, that, that was so amazing. I, I mean, it was painful. It was, I, I learned new techniques yeah. that I don't have to do that anymore. They showed me how I can kind of just like open a portal right in the wall and it, no distance between time and space. And I was much happier with yeah. that. Um, <laughs> because that, that truly, I mean, to, and to feel that physical, whiplash it was you know full yeah. body whiplash that that kind of showed me i was like there's really something to all this that's you know? crazy <laughs> it is it really is <laughs> oh my gosh what an experience <laughs> well okay so uh, actually on that note i remember one time after a session we were talking and you started mentioning to me that you were having some psychic attacks happen to you and then i come back and i mentioned it to Anna because I was like, oh, she's going to find this so fascinating. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, that um, is something I have to be very aware and very careful with, especially with certain clients or people that have entities and energies um, mm-hmm. attached to them mm-hmm. that do not want to leave or are afraid because they know that I'll be able to see them. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can keep people from getting in or having an appointment and there's some that culturally they understand that there's more energetic entities and families will do what you think of like curses or hexes and, and, and where they can work with some of these non-beneficial forms that are out there. And so it can make it quite challenging because they, sometimes they will attack me mm-hmm. And so I do have to be very careful of that and be aware. I, like I have one of those I was just talking about, like every time she texts or calls or does something, 
it's like this little flare up of something. I'm like, really? It's like, <laughs> so I have to be very, very careful. And a lot of times if I see, you know, her name come up, I, I will not look at it until I know I'm in a protected space. Cause it, mm-hmm. And it was also weird because the timing that she used to do it, it would be like Sunday evening, like nine or 10 o'clock at night when I was ready to go to bed. So when I'm in my, my state, not in a heightened state mm-hmm. or anything, and so more vulnerable for attacks yeah. to come in. And so I learned that uh-uh, if, if I even see that her name's on there, I'm like, you just hold that energy back there until I'm in a safe space. Um, because yeah, we had like, Pictures spinning on the wall, things breaking, and not That's to mention crazy. physically. Like one time, I was walking up my front stairs at the house, and there was this force that came and like pushed me down. And so I like staggered back a couple of stairs, and I had like my work bags and stuff on me. And there was this other force like supporting behind me, holding me up. So I didn't slam on the ground because that would have been really bad. And, but, but what happened with these two forces, when I went to the chiropractor, cause I was, my body was all messed up. It was like being in a car crash because the force that was pushing me down and one that was like a higher vibration holding me up so that I would not hit the ground. So I was actually, you know, at this, you know, weird angle, on the corner of the steps, just, you know, squished between. <laughs> and um, it, it caused a lot of physical damage, but it could have been so much worse. Mm. Yeah. Um, the same yeah. person, she's had uh, other practitioners in other parts of the country many years ago that have had serious incidences and accidents and almost died several times that is crazy um, when when trying to help her or deal with her so it's i uh, i know that stuff is real yeah yeah, That's <laughs> yeah. Nice. i feel it and i'm glad i have helpers that help keep me protected but you do have to be aware because they will they will look for a vulnerable spot time access point and try and keep you from being able to to help them yeah wow well, that is crazy. What an yeah. exciting, yeah. crazy note to end on. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and being so generous with your time and your knowledge. And this was endlessly fascinating. How how do people find you if they want your services? Probably the best way is mysticalremedies.com. That's my website. Okay. My other website, I'm in the process of revamping and putting on a new platform. Um, that would be spiritsquest.com. So you can keep an eye out for that because I have in the works a Spirits Quest Academy where people can learn a lot of the techniques and, and um, mm. help them develop and, and you know, all sorts of stuff, both, both free information and classes and workshops that can be done. That's and, amazing. That's so yeah. fun. Yeah. So... Um, that's, that's something that's, that's in the works. <laughs> okay. Very cool. And if they need my number 919-676-7733, that's my work cell number. So people can call or text that if they want and be happy to help. And I work with people all over the world. I've, yeah. I've oh yeah. That's um, a good thing to I can mention. I do all this remote as well, which is yeah. really got to learn that during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it really helped push beyond some of the boundaries of what we think 
how it's supposed to be to do energy work and stuff. And yeah. it, it really opened it up. So I've, I've had clients in all different countries and all across the, the United States and, and all over. So it, it makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Interesting. So, the, so there's no limitation as long as you can kind of speak English. <laughs> yeah. I don't speak other languages, then we can do it. Yeah. You're, okay. you're a fun person to have in my back pocket because once we started working together, you're like, you know, if you have a question, please reach out. So Debbie was on call when I went into labor and she was one of our first messages to let somebody, Aww. let everybody know that it was happening because she was assisting. It was yeah. really kind of her to do that. Well, I'm happy yeah, to do that. When, amazing. when I work with clients, I kind of keep them under my umbrella and keep them under mm -hmm. sort of the protection and, and their energies. And sometimes I'll get messages like, you know, that something to be aware of with, with the client. But as yeah. with the, the birth, that that's a fascinating thing, working with clients when they're going through pregnancy. I've had some that started working with me before and wanted to like meet the, the souls that were going to be coming in. And so we would work with that. And then experience them as they're in gestation and, and, you know, in utero. And then when they finally come out into the world, so it's like, I get to experience mm -hmm. this whole different level um, with them and help um, try and, and allow the mother to be able to connect in and feel that energy and essence when it's still inside of them on a different level wow. than like just feeling something growing. You can actually communicate. You can, you know, do all sorts of amazing things. And so that is a, that is a fun aspect of working with people yeah. when they're pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're fun. open to, to exploring any of this. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I, we really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. This was fun. I enjoyed it. And I love getting to meet you guys. And I, I, it's awesome that you have a podcast out there trying to help people find their way. So kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And if you have any questions, we'll pass them along to Debbie because we probably won't be able to answer <laughs> them. But they, maybe they'll, they, can, they can ask us. What if you did know? <laughs> maybe, we, maybe they can ask us that. You can email us at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at lightheartedpod. Talk to you soon. Bye.